All right, Greg Wyshynski, you're a hockey sage here at ESPN, so I need your help. I got to win me some points on Around the Horn. Hockey season's gearing up. Help a brother out. My hockey knowledge is not that, that deep, so where do I start? Well, first of all, there are no non-hockey fans. There are just people who haven't let the light of hockey into their hearts yet. It's going to be a great season, man. It's a great time to be a hockey fan. Scoring has increased each year for the last seven full seasons. So it's like fun 1980s style hockey again. Parody is all over the league. There's no couple of teams just beating up everybody. Everybody in the playoffs has got a chance to win. You got legends like Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. And then you have this amazing collection of younger stars, whether it's guys that are in their prime like Connor McDavid or guys that are on the come up like Connor Bedard. So it's a really exciting time to be a hockey fan. So what you're saying is that I don't need to be a huge fan. I can just tune in any night and get some sort of entertainment from the game of hockey. That's what you're telling me. That's what I'm telling you, because there was a time when hockey was like a series of like one nothing games. And if a team took the lead, then you could like Mm -hmm. go watch something else after the first period. But the beauty of hockey, because it's so offensive and because there's a bunch of young guys making mistakes all over the ice while also scoring goals, is that no lead is safe in the National Hockey League anymore. (laughs) Last season showed just how unpredictable the National Hockey League can be as the Boston Bruins set league-wide records in wins and points only to lose in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So what does this season have in store? As the puck drops tonight, our NHL guide, Greg Wyshynski, is here to tell us what to watch for, including whether Sidney Crosby has one more Stanley Cup in him or whether Connor McDavid can get his first. And the debut of Connor Bedard, the most hyped rookie since, well, Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. I'm David Dennis Jr. It's Tuesday, October 10th. This is ESPN Daily. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely. Drink wisely. All right, Greg, we're here to get our heads around this new NHL season that gets going tonight. And our goal today in this space is to run through the top four storylines to watch. And I think we should start with the name that I keep hearing, Connor Bedard. Give me the scoop on this guy. What what do I need to know about Bedard? Well, you need to know that a bunch of teams ruin their rosters to try to get this guy at the first overall pick in the draft last summer. You know, the, the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, says there's no tanking in the NHL. So we'll just call it 
uh, focused roster readjustment, maybe, from some of these teams to try to get him. The Chicago Blackhawks had the third uh, highest odds of winning the lottery, and they ended up winning the lottery to grab Bedard. He is, after Connor McDavid a few years ago, considered to be the next great franchise player. And the Blackhawks have already seen the Connor Bedard effect. They sold $5 million in tickets even before they selected Bedard just by winning the lottery. And the Blackhawks told me that they have nearly doubled their full season ticket packages so far with Bedard on the way this season. He's an exceptional player. In fact, he had exceptional status as a 15-year-old to play in the Western Hockey League the first time the WHL granted such a status to a 15-year-old. He racked up Player of the Year awards. He led Canada to World Junior Gold twice. Scouts have raved about the quality and accuracy of his shot, which produced 122 goals in 119 games over the last two seasons with the Regina Pats. He is unquestionably the most hyped rookie that we've had in the NHL in quite a while. I mean, those ticket sales are, are, are that's like the Taylor Swift effect for hockey, it seems like, <laughs> with that, that sort of boost. Tell me a little bit more about his background and how is it that we've come to see so much hype around this one kid? Well, he's a Canadian kid. He grew up, obviously, idolizing players like Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the thing about Bedard that really sets him apart from other phenoms is his shot. It's a little bit like Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs shot in the sense that it's a little bit deceptive. But the accuracy and power behind that shot and his ability to get hit shot off in different parts of the ice and when he's being defended. I had a scout tell me once that his shot is otherworldly. And the results in junior hockey kind of backed it up with how many goals he scored. He's also a bit of a playmaker, too. He's not simply just a one-dimensional player. He's going to be a center in this league. One of the things about Bedard that I find interesting is when you hear about a kid this young coming into the National Hockey League, you think of somebody who's a bit wiry. Like when Jack Hughes of the New Jersey Devils came into the NHL, he looked like Timothy Chalamet out there. He was getting knocked around the ice by these bigger players. But the thing about Bedard is that although he's, he's young and he's a little bit slight, he's got the kind of body that I think is going to withstand the physical toll of the NHL already. So the expectations are sky high for what he's going to be able to do in his first season. What was the moment that sort of put Bedard on everybody else's radar? It was probably his performance in World Juniors for Team Canada. He was such a dominant player. It wasn't so much what put him on the radar as it was reaffirming how good this kid was going to be. You know, he scored a bunch of goals for Team Canada. He was dangerous every time he was on the ice. Bernard back with it. Slides in again. He just seemed like he was on another tier compared to some really talented teammates. I think that was the moment where people st stood back and said to themselves, whoever wins this draft lottery, they're getting the next great player in the league. So I want to also talk about the team that he's landing on, this Blackhawks franchise, which is interesting because about a decade ago, they had this dynasty. They seemed like they were unstoppable. And now they're tanking for the next big star. Obviously, when you tank, you're not going to be true contenders for a, a few years or so. So what would you say is the goal for the Blackhawks in this next season as they start to get this guy's career started? 
I think what they want is a break from the past. This is a team in the Blackhawks that is trying to mend its reputation that was tarnished after the results of a 2021 investigation into sexual assault allegations made by a former player against a video coach on the team in 2010. That resulted in their general manager, Stan Bowman, resigning and really changed the perception of that dynasty in the eyes of a lot of people. They saw their owner, Rocky Wirtz, die over the summer. They saw Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, their two big star players and the link to those three Stanley Cup winning teams, both depart ways with the team last season. So Bedard arrives at a time when the Blackhawks are looking to start a new and different era. And I think his arrival is a point of demarcation from the past. I don't know if you're a wrestling fan, Greg, but if he has the potential to be sort of the rock of the NHL, tonight he's playing against, I guess, the Hulk Hogan right now of the <laughs> NHL and, and Sidney Crosby and, and the Penguins, right? And that's kind of who I want to talk about right now because this team saw the longest active playoff streak in American sports in last season, but they made some interesting moves in the offseason. What, what's going on with Pittsburgh? Well, the beauty of Sidney Crosby is that he's always going to be like the John Cena of the NHL. There's going to be as many people that love him as boo him when he comes out. Although, much like John Cena, I think that's changed as he's grown older. There's more people that appreciate everything that he is and what he's done. I think it's about to turn to a wrestling podcast, actually. I we think could go all day. The Penguins are a fascinating team because they had regime change at the top. Kyle Dubas was the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he entered last season without a contract for this season. And he kind of bet on himself. And he won the bet because the Toronto Maple Leafs won their first playoff series since 2004. So he went and he's looking for a new contract. He's looking for more money. He's looking for a little bit more power behind the scenes too. And then he held a press conference that soured him in the eyes of Maple Leafs president, Brendan Shanahan, where he starts to wonder whether or not Dubas is really committed to staying with Toronto, rightly or wrongly. So what happens is Shanahan decides not to give this guy a new contract. So he becomes a free agent, and here come the Pittsburgh Penguins knocking on his door. They fired their president, Brian Burke. They fired their general manager, Ron Hextall. They want Kyle Dubas to be the guy that not only builds towards the next phase of this team, but maximizes the potential for Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, and the current incarnation of the Penguins to win a Stanley Cup. So what does he do in his first sweeping move? He goes and tries to find a general manager. And in a very Dick Cheney-esque twist, that general manager ends up being Kyle Dubas. So now he's the president. Now he's the general manager. He's going to make his big move here. And what he ends up doing is actually one of the best magic tricks I've seen a GM do in a really long time. He dumps a bunch of contracts that they don't want in their books anymore. And in the process, in a three-team blockbuster trade, trades for Eric Carlson of the San Jose Sharks, who won the Norris Trophy as the NHL's best defenseman last season. So Dubas in a wild, wild roundabout way, ends up getting a piece that may open the window again for Crosby to win a fourth Stanley Cup. So yeah, we're, we're going to go back to John Cena. You know, John Cena is coming back to wrestling. He's trying to tie Ric Flair for most world champions. What is the chance that we can see Crosby sort of have this last dance style run, one more run to a championship? Well, it would be beautiful to see, but I'm a little bit skeptical about it. The Penguins still have some systemic problems in their lineup. 
I love the fact that they can run Latang and Carlson out there every time Crosby or Malkin is on the ice. That's going to make for a very, very strong team at five on five. But it's the depth behind all of those guys that has me a little bit worried. Plus, their goalie, Tristan Jari, who came back on a five-year contract, a fine regular season goalie, can probably get you into the playoffs, but notoriously not all that good in the playoffs. So as much as it would bring me joy to see Sidney Crosby get a fourth ring and to see Eric Carlson get a first ring, I don't know if it's going to happen for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Coming up, is a title imminent for Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers? That's after the break. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. All right, Greg, this is predictably a very star-focused show today because the place I want to turn to next is Edmonton. The Oilers and Connor McDavid over the last few seasons have been slowly building themselves to a real championship contender. How close are they to bringing the cup back to Edmonton? I think they're real close. Uh, in fact, I picked them to win the cup last year, which was a mistake because they didn't. But I'm picking them to win the cup this year, and I'm going to be right, and I'll tell you why. When you get two generational talents on the same team, like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, eventually they're going to figure it out and win a cup. Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier did. Mary Lemieux and Yamir Yager did. Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin did. Eventually, they're going to figure it out. But the thing I love about them now 
is I think they are done with losing. There's always that moment for star players where you have to get to a moment of disgust. It happened with Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche a couple of years ago where he just got tired of it. He's like, losing is no longer an option. And I feel like talking to Dreisaitl and talking to McDavid when I was in Las Vegas for the NHL Players Tour, I saw it in their eyes that they're just tired of losing. And Dreisaitl told me, I certainly have those moments of just disgust about losing. He's ready to win. He wants to win, he told me. And I feel like the oil are at that point where they're finally going to get over the hump. Losing is not an option. They're going to win the cup. So is there anything more you need from these two guys, McDavid and Dreisaitl, or is it more about the rest of this roster and whether or not they can rise to the moment? In some ways, I'm seeing it from Connor. I heard some chatter about his reaction to losing in the playoffs last year, and I heard that he kind of like had it out with his teammates a little bit insofar as telling them what they needed to do to prepare for this season and, and what they needed to do this season to get ready for the playoffs. What I need to see from the Oilers, I think, is probably a little bit more defense uh, of a playoff championship quality. I'm always worried about their goaltending, but as the Vegas Golden Knights showed last year, you can win if you have a great team in front of average goaltending. And I think their mindset needs to be more in line with what McDavid's is right now. He's talked about the fact that maybe the Oilers have had too much of a long-term vision of what the playoffs look like. At the end of the day, you just have to be the best team for two weeks at a time in order to advance in the playoffs. So it's a little bit of mindset, a little bit of defense, some good luck with their goaltending, and obviously the good health of both Drysdale or McDavid, because otherwise the Oilers are cooked. Yeah, so, so help me out here. I need to sort of understand a little bit about how hockey culture works here. Like, you know, we talk about basketball and you have two big stars and the question is, can they share the ball and can they coexist? How does that work in hockey? And do you see any issues with sort of the McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, one-two punch? Yeah, you know, in, in the case of McDavid and Dreisaitl, they really worked it out. You know, like McDavid has his line. Dreisaitl has his line. They both play, you know, over 20 minutes a night. And then when they're on the power play together, the Oilers are basically unstoppable. And what their coach, Jay Woodcroft, does at times is sometimes he'll move up Dreisaitl with McDavid on the same line if the Oilers have to go and try a score goal in a critical time. It's never going to be a clash of egos or anything like that. I did ask Drysaddle when he was a little bit younger if he's a little bit of the Scotty Pippen to McDavid's Jordan. He didn't really like that uh, line of questioning, but that's okay. <laughs> I think these two work together well, and they're both laser-focused on winning a cup together. So we have somehow gotten pretty far on the show yet to talk about the defending champs. You mentioned them uh, a second ago. Part of the reason that I don't even know if there's even really much drama there. I mean, a lot of times you win a championship— Free agents leave, people go elsewhere, there's sort of deconstruction here and there. But Vegas has returned most of the roster. It seems like they're poised for a repeat, yes? Yeah, potentially. And you're right. Lack of drama is kind of a change for the Golden Knights who are known for really messy off-seasons where beloved players get jettisoned aside because of salary cap considerations. But it didn't really happen all that much this off-season. In fact, they made the biggest news in bringing some people back. A couple of playoff heroes and Ivan Barbashev, a forward that they signed for a multi-year contract. And most interestingly, Aiden Hill, who was the journeyman goalie who was in the crease uh, for their championship run last year. They gave him a new two-year contract. And if there's a part of the Vegas Golden 
nights that concerns me a little bit for the regular season, besides the obvious questions about a Stanley Cup hangover. And when you're in Vegas, we're often talking about hangovers. We're talking about their goaltending, and it's going to be Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson this year. Thompson was a rookie last season. He His season got cut short by injury. That's going to be your goaltending battery this year. And it does concern me a little bit because Aiden Hill, for all of his brilliance in the postseason last year and, and not making the mistakes during that playoff run has never been a primary starter for a team. And I do wonder what this regular season grind may end up doing to their goalies. So Vegas had been a team that had been knocking on the door for a championship pretty much they got into the league in 2017. But one key to them getting over that hump was center Jack Eichel, right? Last year was his first full season with the team after this messy situation in Buffalo and recovering from back surgery. What can you say about what he means to the Golden Knights? He means a lot, man. And I'll tell you the thing about Eichel that really opened some eyes was his the totality of his play. We knew he could score, and he led the playoffs with 26 points in 22 games last season. But it's his defense that really blew people away, that commitment, that what they call in hockey 200-foot game is what really ended up impressing people. And we saw it on display in the regular season, and we really saw it on display in the playoffs. So I think the Jack Eichel that we saw in Buffalo and, and partially in Vegas, where there was always that level of disappointment that he hadn't necessarily lived up to being the second overall pick in the draft and being a star in this league, it all did wash away the moment he lifted the cup last year and had played so well well in leading the Vegas Golden Knights there. So with all that said, you still have Edmonton over Vegas. Tell me what Edmonton has that has you so sure they're going to be better than this Vegas squad. Well, like I said, I, I think it's their time to win. And they're going to have to probably get through Vegas to get there, being that they're in the same division. And that's going to be tough because Vegas, if there's one virtue that they've had, it's their defense and their ability to, to take out other teams' better offensive players from hurting them. It's what kind of impacted Edmonton against Vegas last year. So I'm putting my faith that it's going to be Leon and Connor's time to shine and that they're going to find a way through what should be a very tough opponent in the Vegas Golden Knights in the playoffs. All right, great. We've gone through our four main storylines. I know there's so much more excited about this season, so we're going to do a little bonus round here. What's one other thing that you're especially excited about this season? I am thrilled that we have a fallen idol in the National Hockey League. And by that, I mean the Boston Bruins. You always love to see if the champ can come off the canvas after getting knocked down. And the beautiful thing about the Bruins story is that they're not even the champ. They were the regular season champ. Right. They were the most successful regular season team in NHL history, setting records for wins and points in a season in 2022-23. The NHL awards confirmed that they had the league's best goalie, best coach, best defensive forward. They had a 61-goal scorer in David Pasternak. They were a juggernaut offensively and defensively. It wasn't a question of would they win the cup? It was how long it would take them. And then they lost in the first round of the playoffs in game seven at home to the Florida Panthers. It comes to Verhage. Turns, shoots, scores! Carter Verhage! And the Panthers have eliminated the Boston Bruins! I was at that game. I have never heard an arena in Boston more silent than after that game because they, they were stunned. The improbable has just happened here on Boston ice. Absolutely stunned silence here at TD Garden. And their season ends in round one in a game seven overtime. What happened? What happened? It's just like it seemed like they were the best team in any sport of all time and they just lose. What happened last season? 
It's a combination of some ill-timed injuries. Bergeron was hurt for that series, for example. And I talked to their coach, Jim Montgomery, in the offseason, and he, he made a really good point. He said, we thought we had to win the Stanley Cup in the first round. That's the level of pressure that they were dealing with, not only having set all of these regular season records, but also wanting to send Bergeron and Krejci off into the sunset with championship rings. They put all this pressure on themselves, and let's not sleep on the Florida Panthers. This team played for the Stanley Cup against the Vegas Golden Knights. The Panthers found their game at the right time. They had a star-making performance from Matthew Kachuk, and at the same time, the Bruins were succumbing to this pressure that was weighing down upon them in the first round of the playoffs. In the offseason, things got even more dour for the Bruins. They saw Patrice Bergeron, their center and captain, retire. They saw their number two center, David Krejci, retire. They saw the departure of players like Taylor Hall and Tyler Bertuzzi and Dmitry Orlov through trade and free agency. And so you've got this diminished lineup that's missing their leaders, that knows that they blew perhaps the greatest opportunity they'll have to win a cup with this group. And the question is, can they get up off the canvas? Can they be a contender again? And it's going to be a fascinating story to see play out this year. I feel now that I am prepped, ready for this season. When I'm doing around the horn, they ask me a hockey question. I got your your number. I'm going to text you. I'm going to tag <laughs> you in. You know, big wrestling fans. By God, that's Greg's music. You're going to come in. You're going to help me out. And we're going to win this thing together. As a, as a, and we're going to tag team it, I think. That's absolutely fantastic. I will always be in your corner, sir, holding the rope as you're legally obligated to until you tag me in so I can participate in the match. Thank you so much, Greg. Thanks for coming around. We're going to have you talk soon. I think we're talking wrestling next time. Let's just do that. <laughs> absolutely. Again, the NHL season starts tonight with three games on ESPN, including rookie Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks against Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. I'm David Dennis Jr. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.